Hi, and welcome to Journeys to Belonging podcast with host Dr. Eileen Winokur, featuring awesome educators and leaders who share their journeys, advice, and personal stories about feeling a sense of belonging. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Journeys to Belonging. As I mentioned in last week's podcast, I have the next three weeks some very, very special guests, uh, educators in Kakuma Refugee Camp that I've been working with, mentoring, and are now my friends. And uh, for my guest today, he was actually the very first person who contacted me about a project that he wanted to do. And so we'll get to talk about that a little bit, but I just want to welcome Abengo uh, Anore. Welcome to the podcast. Yes, thank you, Ilan. Uh, I'm Abengo Anore Alfani, refugee in Kakuma, camp, and uh, I'm from Democratic Republic of Congo. Thank yeah. you. Welcome, welcome. So I didn't say very much about you. Uh, mm. Perhaps you want to mention to the um, listeners about how you ended up uh, arriving at Kukuma, how long you've been there, and, and a bit of your background, your education, whatever you'd like to tell us about. Yes, thank you. Uh, as I said, I'm from Democratic Republic of Congo, and uh, it was in 2013. You know, I completed my bachelor degree in 2011. Then uh, I faced some challenges due to the insecurity in my country. Then I was forced to run away up to Kenya. Then I reached in Nairobi. It was in 2012. Then I reported to UNCR office. They directed me to Kakuma refugee camp where I was received in a reception center before getting a house in the community where everyone normally be allocated. So I reached Kakuma and I started learning English because you know in our country we don't have an academic system in English, but we normally learn in French. Then I decided to learn English for six months. I completed it and I was engaged in a French Speakers Association. I found some people from Great Lakes, Burundi, Rwanda and the Congo. Then we created that association we started uh, supplying uh, French skills to rest of community members. Then after that, uh, uh, as a refugee, I also uh, participated in the creation of a Solidarity for Refugee uh, Initiative. Then we also created the Kakuma Ventures. Then at the end of experience and also understanding some challenges and maybe uh, the opacity of management, then I decided to come up with a, a personal initiative where I feel I can be comfortable to give out what I need to save for the community is where I created Africa Initiative for Human Development. And it is now I'm running it. Uh, as a refugee also, I got a chance to learn uh, about computer basic skills. Then also I learned uh, human rights that it was with University of Geneva. And it is from there I started running a campaign in primary schools, helping children to know their rights as the future leaders of tomorrow, because I've understood 
if today the child rights are not respected, it's because probably the leaders of today did not learn about their right when they were children. Then they yes. said, let us come with the approach of training children in the camp, uh, explaining them why they have to know their rights and the, when they are adult tomorrow, what will be their responsibility in the community. So I ran that uh, campaign in schools and uh, yes, I was not uh, supported, but it was a personal uh, effort and uh, willingness. I ran it uh, up to now. Then uh, it is during that program where a child asked me a question about uh, right to education. Then he told me, do you think we really have the same right as those who are uh, uh, children in abroad, maybe Nairobi, Kitale, in some big city of Kenya? Then as a facilitator, honestly, I kept quiet because I was not able to answer due to the reality of the camp. Then I said, let me give children hope. I told them, that is why we normally say child rights or children rights. You belong in one world. The difference of life can be there, but you're still having the same rights. Yes. Then I got an idea. I said, how do I have to answer uh, actively to this question. I designed a program of uh, computer digital literacy, but without having something. I told them, yeah. okay, probably maybe you'll, you'll be learning computer. So I was also a member in the educators WhatsApp group. I posted this one. I said, someone can help. We have this as an idea. And uh, suddenly I see uh, a message. How much laptop do you need? I said the 20. Then the person who was to support me said, no, what if we start with 10? And uh, that was uh, the really question because, uh, you know, sometimes uh, people are, uh, are like a scam. Mm. Then I said, we have to, to start with 10. As long as we will implement something. What has touched my heart is uh, someone to trust you when you never chat. He doesn't, she doesn't know you. And that yeah. was uh, Aileen. She tested me in a private and uh, she told me, uh, how do you think I can send to you a man so that you can purchase laptop? Right. And we communicated in private. So we did a budget of something like 2,000 US dollars. And then I rushed to go to Nairobi to buy a laptop. I came, we started building a center and uh, we invited the children. And, uh, when I went back to the child rights campaign, I told them, now I have your answer. Isn't all that wonderful? Children, yeah. 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 All our children who are participating in child rights awareness, they will be also accessing digital literacy in our center because we are not mandated to implement this program in the school mm -hmm. so that we came to build a center outside. Right. It is where now children are learning. So currently I'm totally focused with the help of uh, Island. We are doing everything. Imagine we started with G uh, digital literacy for children, then we extended the program. We said that we have also to give adult access to digital literacy yes. because we have the, we have also youth have completed their uh, probably uh, higher education, but they don't have a basic skills in the computer. They don't have a chance to access higher education. Right. We open an online higher education program. Then also we said this center 
it has internet, it has other things. What if we give a chance to other adults to learn leadership, peace, and the conflict resolution? We came with the program and we added this term, uh, freelancing and the digital. So the center is highly helping people and it has taken all my attention. And this is possible because there's someone who is escorting the program. We don't have another person supporting us. The support yeah. is from one person who is called Ailen. Yeah. That is uh, briefly what I am and what I'm doing and uh, what I feel to belong. I belong in a global world. If before I was feeling like isolated, but now since I'm giving hope to other people and also supporting other people, I think in one world. Yes. Yeah, we are really connected globally. No, that's okay. It was wonderful. It was all that I, I wanted you to talk about and, and there's still more. So you mentioned about um, how we got started. I want to tell you, I don't know if I ever told you this, but one of the things that really um, took, me, took my heart, and I didn't realize it was a child, a student who asked you that question. That's, that was news to me just now. But you mentioned to me that uh, community in the camp and you yourself had lost hope. And that really touched me, touched my heart. It was something that I needed to do because I wanted to give you and the others in your community hope. And I did trust you because I know the kind of effort that you made when we were doing the course together the refugee educator course together through Cary Institute. And so I had uh, been really impressed uh, through your responses and the interaction and conversations that we had. And I guess I took a leap of faith because I believed in what you wanted to do there. And I know that I asked you for a proposal. You had to sort of come back and forth with me a couple of times. And I know since English isn't your first language, that was a bit of a struggle for you, but you put it together and did what I asked and we, we talked about it. The trip to, to, to Nairobi, tell us a little bit about that because it isn't just an hour's drive and you also needed some other things besides the computers in order to make sure that you had internet capacity and electricity. Um, and we went back and forth a little bit about that. So tell us sort of how the digital literacy program got started and what happens when you have to go and get your supplies from Nairobi. Yeah, how things started, you know, I was focused on the child rate awareness because that is what I could offer easily. It, right. could not only, it was only requesting me uh, my time and uh, some pieces of chunks, only that one. Then when the support to implement a digital literacy came, the first challenge was how to get a movement pass. You know, as refugees, we are not allowed to easily leave camp to other cities like uh, Nairobi, Italy, Doritz. So we are not allowed to move from the camp to outside. So I went to a camp manager to request a movement pass. They told me, uh, for sure, we are not delivering movement pass this time. I tried to explain the necessity of why I'm going to Nairobi. It's not for my personal interests. 
I'm, uh, I'm carrying hope of some children's in the camp. Then they told me, no, this will not be uh, possible. I said, okay. I went to NRC because uh, nowadays, uh, at that time, NRC was working with uh, RAS to help uh, facilitating people to get a moment pass. Then NRC told me what we can do is first to uh, explain us the reason and the way did you get money. Then, you know, it's more sensitive to tell people if you get money from outside because uh, the movement of Al-Shabaab, uh, terrorists, so they don't uh, allow easily some transaction from outside. Mm. Then I told them, okay, we are supported with uh, someone who also was probably a refugee. And uh, she felt that she need to give out something to those uh, children who are True. hopeless. True. Then I said, okay. Since we know you, you are more active in the child rights in the camp, we will manage to request a movement for you. So we went together, I was given a movement, then I went to Nairobi. Imagine that was my first time to reach to Nairobi. I don't know where I will sleep, who will host me. Oh. I don't know the seat. That was my first time, honestly. Then I called in the camp for someone who was working with another CBO, but he went to Nairobi. So I was not having his contact. The person remained in the camp, give me the contact, said, please, I'm coming in Nairobi, and I need to do this and this one. I need your support. I don't have money to go to the hotel, to, to be eating in the hotel, but I need you to only take care of me for three days or four days. I purchase what I need to do, then I go back to the camp. But also, I have to manage to get uh, internet connectivity because everything is there in Nairobi. Yes. He said, okay, since I'm here, although you, you we know each other, I will help you. So I went, when I reached at the stand bus, he came to pick me, we went to his compound. He told me, explain me the reason uh, you are here. I told him, please, I don't have enough money. I came to buy some laptops and I'm going to run this program in the camp. He said, okay, please, I will not take money. I will show you where you will go to buy uh, the laptops and also to buy uh, uh, batteries, solars, then, we, at the end, I will give you the contact of the person who will facilitate to get internet connected because to go to their office, they can maybe ask you a lot of, uh, a lot of questions. Mm. I said, okay. Then we, because they normally have some brokers. Those are brokers, the person normally link uh, customers and the Safaricom so that they can get uh, connectivity. Then we finished everything. We, buy, we bought the laptops, we bought the solars and the batteries plus inverter. Then we we went uh, to meet the person. We told him, please, I'm, going, I'm coming to buy, uh, I need to get uh, connectivity of my center. Then she told me, will you be selling that internet or is for the office or is for the studies? I said, it's for studies. Then she told me, you need a, a strong internet. I said, what do you mean by a strong internet? She told me, you have to take uh, the connectivity of 11,000 a month. Then if we add the extra money for buying the uh, those uh, link, let me first see my capacity if it will work. Then we did everything, and at the end, I got that uh, internet. Then when I come back to Kakuma, when I come back to Kakuma, I try to uh, get where to build. I did not get to the place where to build. Then I to uh, to put the center in my compound is where the center is operating. Right.
Yeah. Uh, you froze for a minute. So yes, we're, we're here. You know, the connectivity is, uh, is pretty good, actually. I was surprised because I know uh, Zoom takes a lot of bandwidth, but we're good. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so I know that the, the, yeah. the ride to, to Nairobi is uh, on, on the bus you take, correct? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's the, faster journey, the faster journey, when I went to buy a laptop, I used yeah. a bus. Right. But remember, there's a time I went to Nairobi last time when I wanted to participate in another under your support again. Well, yeah. We take it up then. Yeah, you were able to fly. Because the yeah. bus ride, I think, is about 10 or 12 hours, right? No, when you're using the bus, is uh, two days. Two days. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I knew so, it was far, but I didn't realize it was that far. Does it, yeah. stop, oh. does it stop on the way? No, no. Uh, the only thing uh, is... Uh, the, the, the road is not uh, uh, good, ah, so there's okay. the place where you have to travel nights. Then, because you normally move it from around the three, ah, you start okay. the journey. So we reach it to Kitale probably at six a.m. Mm. Then you have to wait uh, the bus, which will take you from Kitale to Nairobi. To Nairobi, okay, yeah. I, I'm, I'll try to put but a map so that people to can take, see. Uh, the direct from Kakuma to Nairobi. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I know on the map, you can tell that it's very far. Kenya is, is a very big country, and, uh, and uh, Kakuma is quite, quite yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, far northwest, yeah. So, um, what are the, so we started with the computer literacy, the digital literacy, and we expanded that so you now have your 20 laptops. And after that, tell us a little bit about how you expanded your programs and a little bit about your staff and the fact that now we have people working for you also that were able to pay salaries who were volunteering. Take us sort of on that journey for what happened to um, AIHD over the last, because we've been doing this for about 14 months now, right? Yeah. Uh, then when I came from Nairobi, we, after building, putting cement, we called uh, the first uh, session I was the one who was conducting. Because at that time to get the someone to volunteer, it was a bit hard. And also, I was not sure, you know, I don't need to engage someone. Then at the end, you start fighting, you start, uh, you know, you have to motivate me about salary. But when I tried to move around, I went to Don Bosco, which is another uh, organization. It's, it's about a, a church, a movement of a Catholic. They have facilitators. Then I went to request facilitators. I said, please, I learned in your center computer. I completed. Now I'm running another after-school program. But I'm alone. I will not be able to, to, to run two classes. Can you give me one or two facilitators as uh, your support in the community. They said, okay, we have our, uh, our students who will complete this year. Then when they complete, we'll, give, we'll send them to do like internship. Then at the end, you can appreciate if they will be able to, uh, to, to run or to train people, uh, children and uh, as an adult. Fortunately, uh, the mother I met there, she was the direct my teacher. I explained, when she has understood, she directly gave me the person, the right person, and that is uh, teacher Mahmoud. I think last time we did the Skype with him. Yes. When I was explaining about application. 
Mm -hmm. So to meet other people from our country and also was learning uh, in peace and the conflict resolution. I told him about the program in the center we need to extend as activities. So we recruited some volunteers who accepted to run the program freely. Mm -hmm. On the way, you know, we know, we know the life in the camp. So they raise up a question about some motivation. I told them, for sure, the organization doesn't have a clear source of income and they can't promise you if you will be supported. Mm -hmm. But let me go back where we normally get support and explain the needs. If we will be, if we will be get opportunity to be supported, then please, you will send a contract. I came for the request to you. I explain, you have understood it easily. Then we design. The only thing maybe they do not understand the ground is the, to be paid according to the time. Then okay. they told me, please, in the camp, you know, we, we don't have that uh, program of time. We can only sign a full contract. Then explain again back to you, please. The problem of paying time, they will not understand it. What if we only send them contract, a monthly contract? Fortunately, you again accept, and now they are paid. And for sure, Elen, we have a small CBO, but I can tell you they are paid more than some organization. Because yeah. now we have, uh, we have uh, ele uh, 11 staff and we have uh, 11 uh, volunteers. Our staff, the less paid is getting 3,000. Mm. But others as a staff working in the same same, they are less paid than her. You see the point? So I'm proud because the program you are supporting not only is consolating children and other people to learn, but also the staff who are engaged are feeling more value. And that is a big impact we are doing, creating skills opportunity and the job opportunity to the community members. Yes. And giving them hope, like you've talked about. Giving so, them hope. Because they are very, you know, it's, it's one thing I, I was always really impressed, like I said, when I was taking the courses with you, and we'll, I'll be interviewing Katala for next week, and he was also in the course along with some others. And it's amazing that with the, even the lack of support that you have, the kinds of things you were doing, because you knew that the community needed that help and that hope, which is, which is really, really wonderful. And so I know that somewhere in November, December, you also spoke to me then about the peace and conflict resolution uh, cohort that you were, and so, and they, they ended up going out into the community, right? Are they still doing that work? Oh, you know, the campaign of peace was a bit uh, stopped because of COVID-19. You know, we are not yes. allowed to gather people in one space. Uh. And that requests the people to move in. So right. what we are currently running is that uh, uh, COVID-19 well, uh, wellness campaign. Although yes. our students that are, yes, that are accessing the, their programs via our platform. Mm -hmm. But I think uh, this is Saturday, we are calling for a meeting and a design. What do we have to do? You know, I learn, for example, peace campaign programs. You know, when we ran that program, at that time it was a conflict between your uh, Nuer and the Nubian community. They fought a lot. Then imagine to engage two communities in discussion, to call students who have learned our program from this community and this community to give them more that 
please, you have to go back in your community and aware people about the importance of keeping social peace in our daily life activity is something we can't escape. Right. They accepted. They said, Honore, we will do our best. If we students, we can be united. Although we came from different communities, engage in right. the conflict, but we accepted to go back to our community. I think they will understand us. Yeah. Yeah. Some they feared. Some people feared because you know uh, is a, a big risk. But mm -hmm. I only thanks to God those who were engaged, consulting people, putting them together, giving them messages, passing in the church, uh, telling people about the importance of peace and the why we have to avoid the conflict in the camp. What yes. uh, probably touched to my heart is one is not telling me, please imagine we came from our countries. We run away because of conflict. Then in the camp, we are the source of conflict. It's not making sense. Mm -hmm. And that must be the pillar of our campaign during this period of conflict. Yes. I said, my God, it means the program running is not wasting time. It's giving exactly hope to people. Yes, yes, yeah. and so important because like you said, there are groups from uh, many, many parts of Africa that originally were, had conflicts in their regions or their countries and they're coming to live together in this very crowded space. And so understandably, you know, there is anger sometimes. And so the program was really successful and I believe they continue to carry that knowledge with them and use it whenever they can, even though there aren't formal classes or formal groups. And hopefully after COVID is over, um, and things are better that you'll be able to get back to it in the way that you had imagined it. Tell us also a little bit about the COVID wellness campaign. That's something that's fairly new just within the last month or six weeks. Yeah, you know, to innovate something doesn't need to have a million. It's just a mass of ideas. Right. When we lock down our activities, one of our facilitators, Isano said, please, we are among educated people of our community. Do you think it's important to also close hands and sit in our corners? While we have community members who don't know about COVID-19. And at that time, people have been thinking COVID-19 is something belong to white. A black person cannot die with COVID-19. Oh, wow. So we were in the context where people, they really need information. Right. And then they really need someone who will be closer. Not that mass campaign in the vehicle. No, someone is passing in the house, telling them, please, what you know about COVID is extremely wrong than what COVID itself means in the society, in the currently context. So we build a team. I think I shared, and they thank you again, because when I proposed the idea of running this campaign, you have been the first and the, the direct person to support the program. Yeah. We, first, we did first a pilot of one week uh, with the donation you give us to buy the basic things that will help us to run to support some uh, older people with maybe a soap or a, 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 a mask, maybe a sanitizer. We bought, we targeted some areas where people need information. First, as a pilot, you know, pilots cannot cover the whole camp directly. But when we run, the impression from community leaders push us to think more how to can, we can mature this activity, how we can run to inform people. Where you pass, you see, please, 
why are you telling us and the big organization are not doing this one? Mm. Imagine you are giving us information which is the source of our, our, our health. But right. those who are mandated, because you know, currently, uh, AHID is not mandated to give such kind of information. Because we have IRC, who is in charge of health of the camp, partnering right. with NCR. It's organization which could do that one. But we, as the team of community members, who are facing the same, same challenges, the yeah. same, same problems, we decided to get involved in the, 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 the campaign. So we ran it. The COVID-19 wellness campaign is a, a, a new approach. Passing in the house, the compounds, telling people, we, we are like the, uh, the witness of Jehovah. Passing in the compound and telling people, please, COVID-19 is there. For you to avoid, for you to escape it, you have to do ABC. Avoid unnecessary movement. Do this one. And this one, the impact of uh, uh, information is that the people, even if you see them, uh, when someone sneezes or coughs, you know, please, can you go uh, aside? Because we don't know your health. It's when right. people that are also trying to share the information received from the team. Yes. And that is really, really important. And recently I told my team, please, when you meet the staff from IRC, work together with them, share information with them. This will bring an impact. They are organization, we are a CBO, but we have to cooperate. We have to increase our, uh, we have to, to put our team strong near yes. to those big organizations, because it will also create another visibility of the work we are doing in the camp. And we are covering Kakuma and the Kalubeye where people are sharing a message. Mm. And, uh, our first target was uh, 2,750. And uh, now we decided to extend the, the target to 7,250. Because yeah. we realize uh, people need information. And we are, the, uh, we are the light of the community. What do you have shared with the rest of those who don't have? And we also thanks uh, the team of our colleague from Geneva, who also decided to say, okay, on what you are doing, let us give a hand so that we can see how to motivate uh, our volunteers. Right, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's wonderful what you said about the community-based organizations, the CBOs, working with the international uh, NGOs like the IRC, like the NRC, in order to be able to empower the community from a grassroots point of view and to be able to multiply the difference that the international NGOs are trying to make in the community but don't necessarily have the manpower capacity to be able to do that because um, of staffing problems or uh, so you're able to go out. I love the fact that you told volunteers, if you encounter somebody, make sure they know that we're working together as a team. We're not trying to take over what you're doing or we're not trying to do your job, but you saw the need and you stepped in. And that's, that's what I think is wonderful about you, Honore, and AIHD, is when you see a need, you're an innovator, and you figure out exactly how you can get the job going. Um, you've really motivated so many people in the community to volunteer, to begin working with you. Um, you I know you have some free freelancers who trained with you who are now working 
uh, in online jobs. And so yeah. what we're doing is basically yeah. what we need to do for refugees globally, which is empower them with the skills and the knowledge for them to be able to independently become economically and financially independent. And as you, you know, we keep saying to give hope. So um, we're coming towards the end of the, the podcast broadcast, but what I wanted to ask you was um, what kind of advice or what kind of other information would you like our listeners to know about the kinds of things that you'd still like to do that you need support for and advice about uh, helping grassroots community-based organizations like like yourself and others uh, in Kakuma and Calabay? Uh, the, the first thing is maybe to mention the global trust. Uh, I learned when I reached out in the WhatsApp group, and when you told me, uh, how do you think I can send you uh, months what you go to patients? For sure, honestly, I did not trust. Because my first question was, yeah, the budget I did is this one. But we never meet with this person. We never chat. How will she trust me? And at that time, I contacted my teacher. You know, when I was doing this course of uh, uh, child-related awareness, I explained the point to my teacher. I told her, please, because she's from Geneva. I told her, please, there is a need in the community. Can you support us? Can you help us? Can you link us to maybe some big organizations which can be able to support the initiative? She told me, uh, Honore, you know, I don't have money. I said, yes. Can you identify some organizations which can help us? He said, I'm busy. I learned, but I kept hope. So when you sent me the message, I told my wife, I don't know if it is true, but probably I can go to Nairobi to buy laptops for uh, our digital literacy. She told me, where will you get man? I said, I think God is acting. And the God is always alive. When you are honest, when you have dedicated your life to help community, yeah. you will get someone who will escort you. And the island, what you are doing, not seeing me, but those who are getting service behind your support. I think they never sleep without mentioning that. Even if we are in our normal discussion, that is the first thing. Then now we, we, we are planning to expand the program. We said Kakuma and the Kalube, there are refugees living there. The need of giving hope to the rest of them exists. The center is small. We need to expand the center so that we can not only increase the number of beneficiaries, but to impact someone's life. Right. And that it depends on the, also the capacity of hosting, the tools to be used. We are working on uh, uh, if we can get support to build a center 
as I normally say, this where you are running activity is in a compound. So the student you are getting, they normally identify that compound, but you need to shift to another center. We have been given a center, you know, NRC is engaged to register CBOs. And we wanted to request it to them if they can identify. We have identified a, center, a place where we can build, but we need them to legally give us the space. They said, OK, identify the space. We got a space, and though we are not able to build it. The same to Kalubei, we got a space. We are not able to build this. The space is there. If we can get people who will come to support what you are doing, who trust you, if they don't trust us, but who trust you, who are sure that the work you are doing is changing people in this corner of Africa, in that camp right. where people are marginalized, abandoned, please, we need them to support us in expanding, in constructing the centers. We need them to escort us. We need them to understand if in Africa, there is also some children, innocent, but they don't have access to what others are getting. And it is our work, we adults, to clear the tears of our children, to clear the tears of those who don't have hope. Yeah. And the and support. You, you, is yes, yeah. You, and you've been in the camp for seven years now, correct? You said you came in 2012? Yeah. yeah. And, and yes. others, I mean, they're rarely they're, they're resettled. We were talking between Kakuma and Kalabay about over 200,000 people, correct? Yes. And more than half are children. Yes. Yeah. And for most of them, and in fact, even the UN is now saying the majority of refugees who are displaced now will probably live at least 20 years or more wherever they've fleed to. So uh, I think it's really important for people to realize that by giving them training, giving, giving you all education and allowing you to be able to build your own lives there within the camp, you'll be able to have a better financial situation and a better life and be able to make a better life for your own families. And so I think it's really, really important, yes, that we sort of you know, take each other's hand and trust each other and say, this is something that we really want to do, um, even though you're very far away. And uh, I hoped to visit you, but now it's uh, hopefully in 2021, <laughs> I'll, I'll be in Kakuma. Let's hope Welcome. that COVID finishes by the end of the year so that I'm able to visit you by then. And um, so, uh, Anore, thank you so much. Uh, how can people find you uh, on Twitter or in your social media or anywhere? Where is the best place to find you if they want to look for you? Yes, uh, if they need to find us, they can only uh, go to Facebook. We have uh, uh, hhpsfwwfacebookahhd2.com. That is our Facebook. And uh, we also have uh, our Twitter ID is at uh, uh, African Initiates 3. They can also get us there. Or my personal tweet is also, uh, they can also search Ebengo Honore Hunt for Goa. They also found me there. The same, I'm also using uh, the uh, linket, the same, same name I'm using, Ebengo Honore Hon Fogoa. 
And uh, maybe to put the points, we need support. And this support is not going directly to Honore, it's going to refugees. Yes. Recently, the campaign we ran, we also think towards the community, host community, because also they're not special than what we are passing. It's the same, same style of life. Things are not simple. Right. Someone can Google Kakuma, see the context of Kakuma, and what is needed. And the, we have our former president, Mandela normally say, education is the weapon that can be used to change the world. And the changes start from me. So if I impact someone's life, it means I will start to change from that person. That person will, change, will start to change from himself and it goes out. Let us extend the network of helping people, giving people hope and telling them the world we are living is a global, a collaborative world where everyone can't live alone without the support of someone else. Yes, absolutely. And you have the wellness campaign, the fundraising yes. campaign, and I think you're also working on the construction campaign. And so yeah, I'll make we, sure to include those links in the show notes also for people. Yeah, yeah. We are running the two campaigns. The first campaign is about COVID-19 and the another campaign, which is about the durable solution of African human development is the construction and the implementation of other programs. Yes, wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much, Anori. This has been such a pleasure. I've learned more things about you today than I had over the past 14 months. So this has been wonderful. I'm, I'm so glad that we've done this. Thank you Thank very you much. Thank, Thank you. Thank you a lot. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you're inspired by what you heard, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about belonging, check my website, Journeys to Belonging, that's Journeys number two belonging, dot webstarts.com. See you next week.